This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. You're tracking a blue chip art collection, so why are you using cheap art collection database software? ArtBase is the leading luxury collection management software platform in the world. Totally secure, full-featured, customizable, and easy to use on computers, iPads, and iPhones. ArtBase comes with plenty of training and support to get you going and keep you efficient. Unlike most collection management systems, with ArtBase, only you have access to your information on your computers. So visit ArtBase.com today to find out more. This week's episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the Sotheby's Institute of Art, which I'm proud to say is my own alma mater. Shortly after school, I obtained an art business master's degree on their London campus. Sotheby's Institute has been providing a premier education in art and its markets all the way since 1969. Join over 6,000 alumni, like me, whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree. And hone your expertise by signing up for an online course, a two-week or four-week summer program for an educational experience that covers everything from art finance and entrepreneurship to art history. Visit Sotheby'sInstitute.com to learn more. And this week's episode is also brought to you by YouGallery. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists on YouGallery.com. As the leading curated online gallery, YouGallery.com features a diverse collection of original artworks hand-selected by expert curators. With free shipping and free returns, delight in the joys of original art from the comfort of your home. Browse the collection now at YouGallery.com. That's the letter U, Gallery.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Gareth Harris, chief contributing editor at the Art Newspaper and contributor to the Financial Times. Gareth recently visited Damien Hirst's brand new, polarizing Hidden Treasures exhibition in Venice, his first show, major show I should say, in nearly 10 years, and is here to discuss the show with us. Gareth, thanks for coming back on. How have you been? I'm okay. Fine, thank you. (laughs) So you attended the opening to the exhibition in Venice. The artwork is a clear departure from Hearst's past art. Set the scene for us first. What was that opening like, and what was your reaction initially to the show? Um, I think the first thing to say is that there was a, such a sense of anticipation around the show because there'd been so much speculation in advance. I think, I think the PR machine had been very effective in drip-feeding this story of Hearst's new treasures as such, which filled both of, of collector Francois Pino's galleries in Venice. So uh, during the press view, we went to the Punta della Dogana gallery first, and it, it was fascinating because the press was herded into the first room where you can see three or four works, including a 23-foot-high bronze sculpture of a female Greek warrior straddling a bear, a standing bear. And it's pretty grotesque, actually. <laughs> but then you kind of start exploring the 190 works on show in the 50 rooms. And this is across the two spaces, including the other gallery, Palazzo Grassi. And you start getting drawn into this imaginary narrative, which has been quite well documented now. But it, the whole show is based on this fictional story um, of, of, of a ship which was filled with works uh, commissioned in the second century by a freed slave, apparently called Sif Amaton II. For, and the works were commissioned for a temple dedicate, dedicated to the sun. 
the ship, which is called the Unbelievable, there's a big clue there, sank off the coast of East Africa and the treasures it contained apparently lay at the bottom of the sea. Um, It's all baloney, of course, but this conceit really allows Hearst to present this vast range of of mock antiquities. There are some gargantuan pieces. Everyone's jaw dropped when they entered the the Palazzo Grassi and they saw a 60-foot-high headless demon holding a bowl. That that work fills the entire courtyard. Um, and, and there are even some stunning films, you know, showing some, some of these works being salvaged from the ocean bed. That's how kind of elaborate this ruse is. And then there are lots of nods to pop culture, which I think is very clever. Um, there are coral-encrusted Disney figures. There's a, a bust of, of the musician Pharrell Williams as a pharaoh in white marble. Singer Rihanna pops up as an Egyptian goddess in in red marble. So there's something for everyone, really. And you later wrote in an article in the art newspaper, this is what art looks like when unbridled ambition meets apparently limitless financial resources. Uh, How much financial resources were put into this show? How unprecedented is this? Well, the organizers won't disclose costs, but it must be a, a multi-million pound project. I mean, Mr. Pino's obviously given a helping hand by handing over his two vast Venetian spaces for the show. And he's hinted that he'll probably buy some of the works for his collection. And then in an interview with the BBC, um, Hearst admitted that the show costs more than £50 million pounds and, and asked if the money is his. Hearst says yes. And I'm not sure what role his dealers have played, though, but I imagine they've enthusiastically backed the project, to put it that way. And the show's been incredibly polarizing in the press. You know, you read a lot of different reviews about the show, a lot of different reactions. You were, you were there. Can you see why the show is garnering such strong different reactions among the press? I can. I mean, he's... He's such an art world ringmaster, Hearst. I think it's it's quite an achievement to incite these wildly different responses. <laughs> I really do. The journalist Hetty Judah wrote in the I newspaper, call it chutzpah, call it brass, call it audacity. Damien Hearst has it in spades. And that says it all, really. I suppose it's still why he creates such a stir. He's, he's a household name. Even, even the Daily Mail sent out a team to cover the show. And, you know, it was also noticeable that Many significant art critics were in Venice, even though Documenta was opening the same time in Athens. I think that's quite important. And to be honest, I just can't think of any other artist who's the subject of such tabloid attention, perhaps, except perhaps Tracy Evan. But I also think the scale of the show is basically, it's just cheeky and it's exceedingly bold. I mean, he's first is plundering the whole of civilization. He's presenting a, a kind of encyclopedic museum of human history. That's an incredible undertaking, but entirely typical of Hearst, who says on the BBC that you can believe whatever you want to believe. Um, I mean, it, it, is, it is interesting. It's his, his love letters to the virtuosity of ancient artisans, those sort of entire vitrines filled with gold jewellery, reminiscent of Greek and Roman workmanship. There's a gold-plated shield of Achilles. It's, it's intricately detailed with battle and agricultural scenes. And there are silver sculptures, sort of recalling the dexterity of Renaissance metal workers. So, yeah, I can understand why it's um, attracted such attention and, yeah, caused quite a stir, to be honest. So we've seen a little bit how the press, how critics are reacting to the show in different ways. 
Do we have any sense yet as to how collectors, galleries, museums are responding to the show? Um, it's a little, little tricky to gauge. I mean, I didn't see many curators or collectors during that preview, but I suppose the real test will come during the Venice Biennale when, when hordes of high-profile art world people descend on the city. That The, the Biennale opens next month. Uh, a London dealer who asked to remain nameless, he told me it's a return to form for Hearst, both critically and commercially. So that's one endorsement. And then the independent curator, Francesco Bonomi, has said it goes beyond good or bad. Many will call it bad, tato, bad taste or kitsch, but it's more than all of that. It's Hollywood. Those are Bonomi's words. And he's, he's right. This is, this is theme park art for a post-truth era. <laughs> It's highly entertaining, provocative, absorbing. It embeds in your brain. I couldn't really stop thinking about it after the preview. And I only realized this morning that Sif Amatan II, the fictional collector on who the show is based, is, is an anagram for I am fiction. So I guess Hearst joke just runs and runs, really. <laughs> and lastly, I guess if we kind of speculate here, but... Um... Do you think this will do much for his market, which really hasn't been the same since uh, that single sale uh, he had in 2008? Well, it's interesting. Since that auction in 2008, I think it was called Beautiful Inside My Head Forever. It was held at Sotheby's London. That's when he sold 244 new works. I think they fetched about 201 million. I think his auction market since then has been relatively weak. Actually, Art Tactic bought out a recent bought out a report on his market, and, and that report pointed out that Hearst auction market was underperforming between 2009 and 2015. I think it, in 2008, around 223 million dollars worth of Hearst work was sold at auction, but this kind of fell or slumped to 17.8 million dollars in 2015. But there are uh, there are signs of a revival, according to Art Tactic. Um, even though his auction sales totaled $13.7 million last year. This was down to a lower volume of lots. So basically, the average price, the number of lots selling above mid-estimate, increased in 2016. So as Art Tactic says, this, this could be a sign of confidence creeping back into that market. But it's interesting, scanning the exhibition catalogue, you'll notice that almost every work has been produced in an edition of five, including two artist proofs that belong to Hearst. So it's all for sale. Um, And according to The Economist, Hearst dealers have been offering sculptures from the show for between $500,000 and $5 million. So I suppose, you know, production costs obviously need to be recouped. And I, I do expect to see some of these works pop up in museums in the Middle East and Asia in the next few years. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to follow people's reaction, continued reactions to the show as well as what happens to the artworks from it. Gareth, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your impressions from the show. And, of course, our listeners can read all of your writings in the art newspaper and the Financial Times, and you're also on Twitter tweeting about the art market often. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, the handle is at Gareth Haar, so that's G-A-R-E-T-H-H-A-R-R. Perfect. Gareth, thanks again. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast was brought to you by Gallery. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists on ugallery.com. As the leading curated online gallery, 
ugallery.com features a diverse collection of original artworks hand-selected by their expert curators. With free shipping and free returns, delight in the joys of original art from the comfort of your home. Browse the collection now at ugallery.com. That's the letter U, gallery.com. This week's episode was also brought to you by the Sotheby's Institute of Art. Sotheby's Institute has been providing a premier education in art and its market since 1969. Join over 6,000 alumni like me whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree. Or hone your expertise by signing up for an online course, a two- or four-week summer program for an educational experience that covers everything from art finance and entrepreneurship to art history. Visit Sotheby'sInstitute.com to learn more. And this week's episode was also brought to you by ArtBase. ArtBase is the leading luxury collection management software platform in the world. Totally secure, full-featured, customizable, and easy to use on computers, iPads, and iPhones. ArtBase comes with plenty of training and support to keep you going and keep you efficient. Unlike most collection management systems, with ArtBase, only you have access to your information on your computers. So visit ArtBase.com today to find out more. 